often we have both spouses working. And so we're just very busy and we're also very active in our kids' lives, you know, taking them to piano lessons, taking them to soccer games and practices. And we're asked to do a lot as fathers and as men. And that is good and bad. Like these things aren't all bad, but it's just a lot. And for this episode, I brought on UNLV professor Garrett Pace, who is also a friend of mine, and we unpacked the difficult topic of men's mental health. From sleep to diagnosis to men's groups, we talked about a lot of different tools that you can use. Let's give it a listen. Professor Pace, let's unpack men's mental health. So I think we should start out by saying, you know, what mental health is. Put simply, it's it's just our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. I mean, there's fancier definitions than that, but it's basically like how we're feeling in our minds and in our relationships. And men have a lot of mental health conditions that they might have to deal with. Um, the challenges that we face start early in life. So, for example, kids can experience all kinds of challenges. Like they could experience the divorce of their parents, one of their parents might die, or they might experience abuse. And even at a young age, like boys are much less likely to tell somebody that they've experienced abuse than girls are. And then they'd carry that burden with them, you know, throughout their childhood and then into adulthood. So even an early age, like there's kind of this disparity or this issue that boys and men might be experiencing. And once men reach adulthood, more than 10% of us experience a major depressive episode in their lifetime. And a major depressive episode is just like a, a really intense period of depressive symptoms. And that 10% figure is really just a conservative estimate. It's probably much higher than that. And the average onset of it is when we're in our mid-20s. So you're just kind of like becoming an adult, and that's when like everything kind of hits you. Um in addition to depress depression, um, around 20% of men experience alcohol dependence. That's a big issue in the U.S. and around the world. And sadly, men are more likely than women to die from a suicide attempt. It's a leading cause of death among men. And like specifically, it's the second most common cause of death among men ages 25 to 45. And it's the number four cause of death among um, younger people ages 15 to 25. So it's a big issue. So we should definitely be paying attention to it. And so why? Why is it that like men experience these things? One reason that academics talk about is um, something called traditional masculine norms. So this is something that is pretty common in cultures across the world. These norms are like the idea that men should be strong and brave and self-reliant. And like hold it in. A, yeah, hold it in, not really have a lot of emotion and not really have personal problems. And so I'm not really saying that men shouldn't be strong or self-reliant, but I am saying that men, men do experience challenges throughout their lives that include mental, emotional, and relationship challenges. And yeah, some men feel that they're weak if they experience mental health challenges. But 
I would argue that there's really nothing more manly than fixing something. So, you know, sometimes we just need to fix ourselves rather than fixing, you know, something around the house or, or whatever. Um, and sometimes we don't even need help from somebody to fix ourselves. We need an assistant uh, to do that. Um, but unfortunately, research suggests that around half of men who have a diagnosable mental health disorder receive no support at all. Um, not formal support like therapy and not even informal support, such as uh, talking with friends and family about the challenges that they're facing. So it's important that we do seek help because when we have good mental health, we're happier, we enjoy life more. And if nothing else, we should strive to have good mental health for the benefit of you know our family and friends. Because uh, for example, uh, men who are depressed um, are less likely to be active and engaged fathers. And that's, you know, not the best thing for kids. So thinking outwardly um, what was best for our loved ones, often taking care of ourselves is the best thing for our loved ones. Something I think needs to happen is rebranding and not using the term mental health, but instead using something like brain health, because then I think men will see less of a stigma when talking about it. And what are some things men can do to help with it and still feel that manliness and not feel weak as men understand what I'm talking about when I say that? Yeah, that's a good question. I like your idea of rebranding it as something else because <laughs> it sounds so I don't know, boring is the right word, but yeah, I like it. Like something besides just mental health, like, I don't know, mental strength. But I think to your question, some things that to start with would be to just start with like basic self-care. Like men should, you know, have a hobby. We should have interests that we're pursuing. We should be eating healthy food. We should be exercising, focusing on the things in our lives that we can control taking breaks and resting and getting enough sleep, like doing just those basic things goes a long way to preventing mental health challenges. Uh, Not everything, like there there could definitely still be issues that we have to deal with. And when things are more serious, if if that kind of stuff doesn't really take care of it, um, what I kind of like is to encourage people to build a support network and also even be willing to help others, you know, just like making friends, and even getting in touch with old friends. You know, I, I've found that as I've gotten older, I'm so focused on, you know, my work and family, like my immediate family, which is great. But I also have like so many people that I care about. And when I reconnect with people who I was friends with, maybe in high school or college or whatever, like I feel, I don't know, more resilient and like I can kind of handle challenges better because I don't feel as alone in things. So I think that's important to do. And then beyond that, like reading self-help books or blogs, uh, especially prioritizing information from people who know what they're talking about, <laughs> you know, right. people who have the proper education and licensing credentials like is important. And then if that doesn't help, really going and having explicit conversations with your spouse or your friends, like phone a bro to say, Hey, like I'm struggling. Like, I, I don't know why I'm feeling 
uh, kind of on edge lately? Like, is it okay if I talk it through with you? Um, most people are willing to have that kind of conversation, especially if they, you know, you've been friends for a while. Reaching out to clergy, so you're going to your bishop, your priest, whoever, is it also a form of informal support that men can reach out to? And then I would say like at the top level, that's where you have the formal support. Talking to like a physician. Uh, now, physicians are often kind of medication focused. Uh, not always, but they might try to get you on a pill, which may or may not be what you need. And then there's therapists. And there's so many kinds. There's like psychologists, social workers, counselors, marriage and family therapists. And if a man wants to find a therapist, it's like you're in the driver's seat. There's so many therapists out there. There's often a shortage of therapists in communities, but so you might, there might be a little bit of a wait list, but I mean, you can request that you have a male therapist. You could have somebody who specializes in something that you're seeking help for, whether it's trauma or relationship issues, whatever. Like you can talk to somebody who you think would be good for your needs and you can meet with them once or twice. And if it's not working, like you just shop for another therapist, you know, it's like, it's your life. You don't have to commit yourself to, to a therapist, you know? So those are the kind of the things that I think that people should go through, you know, take care of yourself, build up your network, learn by reading and listening to things and then seeking support in a more deliberate way, whether through friends or through professionals. I think that like all of that together can really help. What do you think it is that brought us here? Has it always been this way or is mental health worse these days? Are things getting better? Are they getting worse? What are your insights there? And one more, is it the new 24-hour news cycle? Is it social media? Is that contributing to it? Yeah, so it's kind of hard to track this kind of stuff over time. I do think that some things have gotten better and some things have gotten worse. So to the point about things potentially getting worse, um, yeah, there is the 24 hours news cycle and social media, like all this kind of stuff can be too much, you know, and it kind of can give us a false sense of reality. And I think that one of the most clear negative things that is probably happening is a lack of connectedness over time. It used to be that there were lots of spaces where people in a community could come together. Like, for example, my grandpa on my dad's side, he was very like integrated into the community. Like he was on like the softball, a softball team in the, in town. He was in the bowling league. He was part of something called the Jeep Posse, which was like a volunteer fire group. And so like everybody knew him, like he knew everywhere he went, like he knew people and people knew him. So he's very well connected. But today there, there's not as much of that. A lot of us are very focused on work. It takes more work hours for people to make ends meet in America today and in other countries as well. Often we have both spouses working and so we're just very busy and we're also very active in our kids' lives, you know, taking them to piano lessons, taking them to soccer games and practices. And we're asked to do a lot as fathers and as men. 
And that is good and bad. Like these things aren't all bad, but it's just a lot for us. On the other hand, things that might be getting better. I mean, information isn't all bad. Like I think there's a lot of more, there's a lot more resources today than there used to be. Like I mentioned, you know, self-help books and blogs and whatnot. It's so easy to find that information now. And we can even, you know, through a lot of our insurance programs, we can have a pretty quick therapy appointment with somebody virtually that would be covered by our insurance. And there's like crisis hotlines that people can call um, that didn't exist, you know, a number of decades ago. So I feel like it's kind of a countervailing process where like things are getting better and things are getting worse. And maybe things are just kind of the same, you know, when you kind of put the equation together. But that's my opinion. You know, some some people might look at the data a little differently and come to a different different conclusion. I think it is so interesting that we live in this time of hyper-connectedness, yet we really aren't connected like how they used to be, like my grandpa and my dad, where they could connect with the guys and kind of hang out and let things off. And you don't have that as much these days, I feel. And what else I think is interesting is how there are so many rules and policies and you have to do this to be a good person and you have to do that to be a good person and a good citizen. And it just feels like it's too much at times. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I, I think all that stuff matters. And yeah, especially like, I like how you said it's like with other men. I think that there's something to be said about, you know, women getting together and doing their thing and men getting together and doing their thing. And I often, in, you know, the rare times, in, you know, these days when I do get together with other men, it's like the best, you know, it's just, it's, it's like yep. really memorable and invigorating. And I feel like, you know, strength to keep going as a, as a father and, and all that stuff. Let's hit on this topic of sleep because something that I have learned with my own mental health is that getting a full night's sleep helps me a ton, whether it's with stress or having anxiety or whatever it is. What have you read on that specifically? What do you know on that? Does it really help men's mental health that much? What about screens before bedtime and looking at those? Does that make us stay up later than usual? That's something I feel that's newer that people didn't have before that we have a lot now, especially with handheld devices. Oh yeah, it's huge. I mean, I, I don't study sleep, uh, but I am familiar with the literature on sleep. If there's one thing that I would recommend to anybody to fix most problems, it would be to sleep better. <laughs> it's it's like the, one of the most neglected basic things that we don't do today. But yeah, you're totally right. I mean, when we are not sleeping well, we're more stressed. We aren't able to handle things as well. We're not as focused. And even our physical health isn't as good and definitely not our mental health either. So to sleep better, I mean, people should like Google this, but there's a lot of really great tips about how to sleep better. And one of them, of course, is to not do what you just said, <laughs> which we all do sometimes is like, you know, maybe we need some alone time um, after a busy day of work and busy day of being fathers and, and husbands. And we, you know, stay up a little late, whatever, reading or watching a show or something that on one hand is kind of nice, but like the screens that we are exposed to from those things are something that really throws off our sleep. 
So if we were going to stay up, it's probably better to read a physical book that doesn't have a screen or just to do some other type of activity and to stay off of our phones and TVs really at least an hour before we go to bed at night. Uh, it makes a big difference in terms of how quickly and how how much quality our sleep is going to have in a given night. And of course that carries over, like it needs to be a routine. What's the science behind the screens? What specifically does it do that makes you stay awake? Is there anything scientific on it? I think part of it has to do with some of the lighting that comes from it. I mean, some people have these uh, settings on their phone where like at a certain time it will like go to black and white or whatever. My understanding is that helps a little bit, but I do think it is, it's just way stimulating. Like, I think that we're really unaware a lot of the time of just how stimulating it is for us to be looking at screens as much as we do. And I'm as guilty as anybody. I look at a screen most of the time while I'm working. And then of course I want to wind down by watching a screen, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's just so much. Yeah. It's a neurological thing. And adding on to that, I've heard that men, the reason they like visual things so much is because the eyes are the closest sensory organ to the brain. So it can send that instant gratification. And I wonder if that has something to do with it. But when you were talking about the suicide rates and how men use more extreme means and such, I think the hardest thing to overcome with this brain health is humility And having that humility to go and get it fixed and to admit that you need help on things. I've had to do it before. I know a lot of other people that have. And that's the hardest step to overcome is just that humility and that surrendering and saying, you know what, I do need some help here and I need to show some humility and lean on somebody else for a while. And to your point, I don't think there is anything more manly than getting something fixed. Just like you were saying. Almost every time, for whatever reason, even me, who has all this clinical training and stuff, that I study this kind of thing, like even I have always put it off just a little bit, you know? And it's almost like I just needed that humility. I think I'm getting better at it and more self-aware of when I need it. But yeah, it really does take humility you want me to share some signs of, you know, when you might need this kind of thing? Cause it can be hard to know because like, it's hard to know whether we're not being humble or whether we just don't need help. Like it's sometimes we're just so busy and maybe we haven't received mental health treatment in the past and we just don't know like whether we actually need it for something like depression. Um, the symptoms can look different for men and women. So women are more likely to report feeling sadness or worthlessness or guilt. And then men, it's for them, it's more like they're exhausted or they have less interest in activities that they normally would like to do, or they feel irritable or restless. It's not that those are purely symptoms that women have or purely symptoms that men have, but on average, that's how it tends to look. So if you're feeling like any of those types of symptoms, like I guess that might be the you know time to do a humility check and see if you might need some help. And even beyond just symptoms, there's just situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in when we 
should consider, you know, doing a little extra to help ourselves. So one of those things, of course, is like a traumatic event. You know, it could be something from the past that's kind of we've been reminded of and are being troubled by, or it could be something recent. Like maybe we saw something really scary happen and, you know, while we were driving or maybe something difficult happened in our family, you know, like trauma is a really big thing. Um, and it can, and it can compound. So anything like really intense, really traumatic, like it's a good idea to talk to somebody having an unstable employment situation is another circumstance. So if you are unemployed or like you keep losing at your job or you're underemployed even, and feel a lot of stress around your job, that would be uh, a time to try to help yourself even physical health issues. Like if you're having health problems physically, that can really be a burden mentally as well. If we're having relationship challenges with our friends or family, like let's say we're just maybe not getting along well with our spouse, you know, we should do something at the very least take care of ourselves so that we can bring our full selves to the relationship. And most likely like doing something very intentional to try to heal the relationship is a good idea. And we may also be stressed from work or caregiving. I mean, Today, fathers are more involved and active in their kids' lives than ever uh, in modern history. And it's just, and we're also working, it's just so much. It's, it's stressful balancing all the responsibilities that we might have, plus any kind of like church or volunteer service. It's just a lot. So if we feel burdened by it, all of that, it's a good idea to potentially seek help. And also, if we just feel like we're alone, if we might characterize our network, like our social network as being kind of small are not very tight knit. For example, if you don't really feel like you have somebody that you could confide in other than your spouse, that might be a situation where you maybe you're not depressed and you're fine. But at the same time, maybe there could be some social support that you're not getting that you could be getting if you did have a little bit bigger and closer knit social network. Not that anybody should feel guilty about not, you know, there are certainly times in my life when I don't because I've just been so busy with a lot of things. Like I recently finished my PhD during a pandemic, you know, while my kids were being homeschooled and it was just, it was crazy. Didn't have a lot of time to go out with the, with the guys for sure. But now it's getting to a point where like, I can do more of that stuff. And as I've tried to do it, it's helped a lot. You know, something that I do is I'll get the guys together to go out and get wings, whether it's at work or church or whatever. And then also in my neighborhood, one of my neighbors did something called driveway dudes where all the guys in the neighborhood get their lawn chairs and go sit out on his driveway and just talk. And for some crazy reason, whenever I go to these, I feel so much better after mentally, I feel invigorated and happy about things. And I think it's just because you're with a bunch of guys and you're sharing your problems with each other. And for some reason, it just feels like it's almost a big therapy session or something like that, whether that's at Wings or whether Driveway Dudes or Man Book Club or wherever it may be. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. It's like, a, it's just a mutual aid group. You know, there's so it takes on so many forms and I think men need that. We need these structures to support each other, you know, and then we don't have to rely as much on, on one person. Like you don't have to fully lean on our spouse for that type of uh, 
connection and support and we don't have to fully lean on ourselves to take care of our own you know mental health it's like we are part of like we're part of a social circle that cares about each other well professor pace we could go on forever about this topic i think it is not talked about enough by men but in the end i just want to thank you for coming on and this has been very enriching for me and i hope to have you on again to talk about another topic so thanks for coming on and we'll talk to you later Thank you. I'd appreciate having me on, Miles. Men, let's have the humility to fix those things that need to be fixed. You really can't help people unless you yourself are in a position to help. Let's take this seriously. Professor Pace gave a lot of good resources and a lot of good advice. Let's take that with us and let's go out there and try to help ourselves and help each other. We're going to end this one with the manly mystery sound that I took from my friend from a Facebook post. Let's give it a listen.